At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. So 30 years ago, really digital instruments in our industry didn't really exist. There were analog volt testers and stuff like that. And we've made this transition into digital tools. Now we have digital multimeters that can do pretty much everything we need to do in, in one handheld device, which is pretty cool. So through the years, we've transitioned to YouTube manometers, to digital manometers, to digital gauges. And we're going to have this conversation about digital tools and some of the benefits that surround them with Aaron Longacre from Testo. And the other thing we're going to do is talk about the Testo scale that that came out recently within the last year, the Testo 560i. It is a scale with an intelligent smart valve and what you can do with that is charge automatically by superheat, subcooling, target superheat and by weight. And we're going to have this conversation around, general conversation around digital and then we're going to talk about that scale towards the end of the podcast. So this is a, this is a good conversation, just really generalizing the benefits of digital in this day and age. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group. And listen, they are on the, the they're on a mission to basically dominate the, the wholesaler market. Now, they just bought up another smaller wholesaler called Fortress in this area. But listen, you guys down in the U.S., I think I think they they want to move into the U.S. too. This is just I'm not saying that they told me that. This is just my thought because they are pretty much coast to coast in Canada, and they want to dominate this market. And they're doing some some awesome things. So stay tuned on this, guys. Check out Master.ca. Great conversation, and I'd like to reiterate that it's good to know both ways, right? It's good to know the the analog ways. It's good to know the digital ways. Because knowledge is power, as we discussed on the on the show. Now, thanks to Aaron from Testo for coming by and and talking to us about this, right? And he's been in the trades for a while, right? As he discussed with us, he's been within the trades for a very long time and coming through the trades. He also sees a benefit to digital, but a benefit to knowing both as well. So, anyway, guys, thanks for listening again. Thank you, to the Master Group. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast, recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC, from storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Aaron, good afternoon. Actually, it's still morning. Usually I do these things at night, so I'm all confused about what time we're doing these. So it's, it's almost afternoon, but we're, I, just, I just finished up actually a call and I got back for, for this conversation because I wanted to have this conversation with you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a nice day here in uh, Pennsylvania, so uh, we're almost at noon. Sweet. Cool. So what I'd like you to do, I mean, the audience, if they, if they got to the intro already, 
they know we're going to talk about digital tools in general. And we're going to leave the 560i scale and, and automatic charging valve to the end. Uh, very unique kind of product. Uh, I've used it charging by weight. I've used it charging by subcooling. Uh, and, and I want to get your take on it and, and some of the feedback you've got from, from some of the people out in the field using it. But let's have this general conversation about digital tools first. But before we do that, Aaron, get, give yourself 30 seconds and introduce yourself, who you are, what you do for Testo. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Gary. And thanks for having me on. Uh, it's great to talk to your, your user base, your following. You know, I, I, like, uh, I like watching a lot of things you do and see some of the great work you do. So, um, but I am the uh, product manager for uh, North America and the instrumentation side of things for Testo. Uh, I work very closely with Germany on um, specifically the scale, the development, and uh, do a lot of work with the, uh, with the U.S. and Canada. Um, I have about 150 different products I manage with thousands of different probes that we deal with as well, too. So not just HVAC, but other things as well. Um, but background wise, um, started with a, a family business when I was 12 years old, uh, worked my way up uh, through my father's company, which actually this year, surprisingly, turned 100 years old. Wow. Uh, so cool. Got to do plumbing, electrical, HVAC, kitchen and bath remodeling. So learn the trades. And then um, dad basically said, hey, go out in the world, go go uh, see what else is out there. And then I got into pharmaceuticals and consulting for supply chain. And and uh, now I feel like I'm back at home where I started, back to my roots, but on the other side, not out in the field, but you know behind the desk. So it's great. I get the opportunity to still be out with tech technicians, helping solve uh problems and also bringing great products to the industry as well too and trying to push the envelope perfect well it, it helps what the position you're in it helps having that background that family background right because you, you understand what it's like for a field tech in the field struggling through their job on a day-to-day -day basis so you can have that sympathy right absolutely 100 percent. and that's i think the the biggest thing of my position and just being able to when someone calls in um, we get a lot of phone calls, whether it's, hey, my manifold's acting this way or it's doing that way. They might say, well, okay, what's your temperatures? What's your pressures? Or just any device. And I can then sit there and remember when I was back in the field, um, hey, you know, well, okay, why don't you try doing this or, you know, try to do that? Oh, great. It works now. Thank you so much. So, you know, when it comes to even just advice on working with the tools, um, it's great having that application knowledge and that that background. And I can especially speak that language of a technician because sometimes, you know, communication is tough. So it's great to understand and be able to speak that language just to make sure that we can help solve the problem together. Correct. Correct. Okay. So digital tools. There is, um, I would say about five years ago, probably five years ago when I first got my my hands on a set of um, uh, Testo Digital, a digital manifold. Okay. And I mean, I, I had always seen them. I remember going into specifically Carrier local to me would would sell them. And I, they were always on the, the counter. I would go in, I'd look at them I'm like one day I want to get a set of these, right? Because yeah. they just look so cool and uh, it had the, the probes to clamp onto the, the pipes and, and instead of trying to tape, you, you're like, thermal uh your type k thermal couple to a wet suction line and it, it falls off like i don't know how many techs have struggled with that but i mean that that was a struggle for sure right and, and i always said to myself i want one of these one day and then when i finally got my hands on a set it was it was a total game changer 
to, to troubleshoot systems. It made it more enjoyable for me just because I had all this information um, collected on, on one screen that I didn't have to go and get my notepad out, get my, my uh, PT chart out and start writing things down in a notepad. Cause I'm always the guy I, I've, I hated carrying notepads too. Like I'd have a stack of notepads, like, you know, six inches high for yep. three, four years of doing service work. And then I got rid of that too. And I just started writing myself um, emails. If I needed to remember things or quote things or whatever, I'd write myself email drafts. And oh, that's wow. how I would, I would get rid of the notepad. So I, I wanted to get rid of the paper, the pads, the, the pens, anything like that. Uh, so it was, it was good for me in, in that aspect. So right. what I want to, and, and then what I wanted to say leading up to this is when I got online and started to, to show people the manifold and how it worked and, and all that, there was a lot of, um, a lot of pushback, a ton of pushback, right? Now the pushback is not so much. Now, now there's a lot of people that have jumped on board. There's a lot of people that I've actually seen that have said, I will never go digital and people that go, well, I tried it because my coworker had it. And man, I was wrong. Like I was, I was totally wrong about, about how these work. And, and it, it was incredible to me to see the shift over the last five years. Correct. So what I want to do first off, off the bat is get your take on, on the pushback that you've seen. Um, and, and if it's alleviated through the last few years or so on, on your side. Yeah. And, and great, great question. And I will 100% admit, I actually learned on analog. So I remember the struggles of writing on paper. I mean, I remember using uh, one of the guys, his name was Kenny, uh, Kenny Wilson, the guy I used to work with. I used to write on his truck doing all the different things. So like we had white trucks, so we were literally writing out our formulas and everything. So um, the biggest thing, I mean, with pushback, um, I feel like it comes down to what you're comfortable with. Um, and the point of me explaining to you how I learned on analog is I learned on analog and that's how, what I felt comfortable. And a lot of these, uh, you know, say like the older generation of technicians, you know, kind of the guys that are getting close to the end that have been doing this for 20, 30 years, they're very comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is where, you know, you're seeing with something you do on a daily basis and you're going to stick to it because you know, you can get your job done. You know how efficient you're going to be. Plus your employer knows that as well too, or whether you're the boss. Um, the biggest thing with, um, kind of getting that pushback is the younger crowd, the younger crowd's like, oh, this is great. It's efficient. Um, but the biggest thing with the younger crowd is they're not as educated in on some of the old ways that, you know, these old timers have done this. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing, we're still kind of in that balance because everything in this world is now becoming futuristic. I mean, the biggest example, high beams in a vehicle, they're now automatic. And I still struggle, like when I get into a car where I don't have to turn my high beams on anymore, I still struggle that. So getting used to these new things, I think is, is definitely a challenge, but I think the value is being seen that you can be more efficient. Your organization is much better. If you run a very lean business, having all these digital tools where you're collecting all your data, categorizing it, organizing it. And then putting it into a specific file that for this customer, I've been here X amount of times and that I can then still come back and say, okay, Hey, I know exactly what I did. Um, you know, I've seen in some of your videos where you've written on, you know, some of your past clients of things you where the pressures are, the temperatures are, you know, that's still a thing there, but with digital tools now, someone may not understand what you wrote there. If you're not there, 
so someone else can take the documentation, see everything from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So two, two things to that. It's funny that you brought up the, the high beam thing. Cause my new work truck that I got for my new business when I was driving at night and I noticed that I'm like, wait a minute, my high beams are on. Why are my high beams on? So I turned them off. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then they came back on again and I'm like, oh, these must be automatic. And then I'm like, I wonder what happens when I, and then I started paying attention to it like closely. And I'm like, right. so there's a car coming over the hill. And as soon as it saw the lights from the car coming over the hill, they shut off. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. A couple times they didn't shut off in time. And I kind of got like blinked at by, right. I got high beamed at by some people. Yep. So they don't have it down to an exact science yet. But right. I, I like that feature because a lot of people don't want to turn their high beams on and turn them off, turn them on. Turn, they, they, you know what I mean? It's, it's a pain in the yep. butt. So I, I kind of like that feature. But I want to go back to the analog thing and how you're talking about some of the older techs working with it and not being and being comfortable with it. There, there's a couple things there. One, I do believe that every young tech should learn how to use both analog and digital, not just one or the other, both. Because the more you know, the better off you are, right? Right. My dad used to always say knowledge is power. One day he showed me a picture and it was... Uh, it was like a mansion and it was like a whole bunch of, uh, souped up. Um, what do my kids call them? I can't remember what my kids call <laughs> souped up car, like nice cars, like Ferraris, oh, yeah, yeah. like Import Lamborghinis. Tuners, yeah. yeah. They, they just, and, and, it, and it was a driveway filled with all these cars. And at the top, the headline said, or not the headline, but the, the, the caption on the picture said, knowledge is power. And my dad said, you see that son? He goes, remember that. And I've never forgot that that day. I don't remember where we were. I don't remember where we were, how old I was, but that memory sticks out in my mind. So because knowledge is power, learn how to use both, right? You're, learn how to use both and have both in, in your vehicle. There, there's nothing wrong with having, yeah. having both. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to say about, about the comfort thing is that, yeah, techs get comfortable with their tools. It doesn't mean to say that you can't step outside your comfort zone and challenge yourself, right? Because one of the biggest hurdles, I think, is that because they're in their comfort zone, they don't want to learn, like they, they've been in the trade for 20 years. They don't want to have to learn a new system of, of a way to check a system when they already know how to check it that way. I get, right. I get it. You, but if, if you want to be challenged, if you like challenges, try it. Because I guarantee you, once you try it, um, and you see how efficient it is, you're going to get hooked. At least most people will. Though some people will go back to the analog. I know they will. And, and I've seen those comments, but I think, I think you got to try it. And I think you need to know both. And I think you need to challenge yourself and step out of your comfort zone at times. Do you agree with that? Any I, of that or disagree with it? Whatever. It doesn't matter. I actually, I I do agree with that. I think it is, especially like when there is a new way of doing things and especially when it's, you know, you have such cutting edge technology and things that are things that are kind of growing within the industry. I mean, again, everything is, there are a lot of changes going on, different refrigerants, different things, you know, you're going to have to buy more different, uh, different gauge sets and whatnot. Um, it's nice that you can have one gauge set with, you know, hundreds of different refrigerants in there. Um, you know, I, I think it is definitely worth the investment to give it a shot, especially that you can see, that your job can then become much easier, much quicker. You can be able to handle more quantity with 
quality as well too, which I think is another important aspect, especially with digital tools, no matter what you're, you're dealing with is you've got to be quick these days. We, we all understand time is money. We all understand people are repairing um, their systems or they're, they're not making the big investments for something new. So being able to have technicians like you and like anyone else out there, it, it is nice to be able to have that. So if it is a chance that you are given to give this a shot, I mean, hey, take the risk. It's not going to hurt you. It could only help you or it could keep you almost where the same as what you're at. And you, you still will have the end of the day of something new that you are pushing on yourself and challenging yourself as well, too. Mm-hmm. And you brought up refrigerants and it's it's cool to to see that you have all the refrigerants that you're probably ever going to work with inside of the manifold set already. And you just got to pick it and it does the, the calculations for you. Now, some people argue, well, I can do math in my head. Well, of course you can do math in your head. If you're a grown an adult, you should be able to do math in your head, especially if it's like 50 minus 40 to get 10 degrees of subcooling, yep. right? I, it's, it's, it's not an argument that, that, is, that, is, that is valid to me because we can all do math in our head. It just makes the technician more efficient. The other argument uh, is, is the battery thing. So we've entered into a relationship with JGM Alkaline Technologies and what their business is, is condensate neutralization. So any high efficiency appliance, we fire it up, we create condensate and that condensate is acidic. So what their business is, is to take that condensate and neutralize it with neutralizers, residential, commercial, industrial, and neutralize it before it hits the drain or can damage anything, especially on septic systems as well. It's, it's a really good idea to use them. So stay tuned for some more education on condensate neutralization from JJM Technologies. So White Rogers, Emerson White Rogers, has come out with a feature on the, the WR Connect, the White Rogers Connect app that allows you to go in and auto-select your, your existing ignition control and apply it to the to the, the your new control which would be the the AllSpark in this case. So the AllSpark basically you use near field technology on your phone. You put it close to the phone with the app, right? With the app launched and it brings you into the setup configuration. So if you know what your existing ignition control is, you input that part number into the app and it populates what those settings are for that control. Pretty pretty cool. So Check that stuff out. The other, the other thing I want to talk about here is our codes, right? We have two codes that we utilize for 8% savings on both. One is TrueTech Tools. What we're going to do with that is we are going to save 8% on our purchase using code KNOWITALL at checkout, right? So they got a ton of stuff in their store. Uh, they're basically an online e-commerce store for HVAC tools. So 8% on that one. The other one is emotorsdirect.ca. Use Code HVAC know it all that will save you 8% on your motor purchase or motor accessory purchase delivered right to your, to your house or the job site, wherever you want. So check those out. It, well, when I run out of, when, when you run out of batteries, I'll be onto my next call. Well, that tech probably also has a meter that's powered by batteries, probably has a, a, a manometer that's powered by batteries, probably has a scale that's powered by batteries. Their impact is powered by batteries. And so is their phone that they're using to right. type that with. So if you can keep all of those batteries charged up or, or have spares, why can't you do the same for a set of probes or a set of uh, a manifold set that, that are digital? So exactly. I, I just wanted to, 
to, to give my my thoughts on that really uh, because I, I don't find those valid arguments the, the one argument that I do think is valid is for the techs that might be struggling financially and can't afford a set that is totally understandable and some some techs have money um, because they make good money their wife works um, some techs they might be in a, in a spot where they got debt maybe they're they're a single family income they got five kids and their money goes to feeding their family right and they don't have anything extra at the end of the month so i i get the fact that sometimes it might not be affordable to the technician Correct. um to, to, totally get that is do you want to touch on any of those things aaron while we're on that oh topic? yeah i mean and that's the biggest thing and that's something we get a lot is oh your your tools are so expensive like i can't afford it i really want them i can't afford it you know, at the end of the day, you know, we get it. I mean, you know, we, we've developed a very high quality product. You know, we get that it is a big investment, but you also got to think of this too. It's like, what's that investment to your business and to your brand of who you are? You know, I'm going to come into a, um, I'm going to come into a customer's house and, you know, they may not know who Testo is. They may not know who we are, but they know who that tech is. And that tech at the end of the day, when he's done doing what he needs to do, he can print out this fancy report, justify everything he's done, explain to the customer in great detail that, hey, here's why I did this. Here's why I did that. My tools were telling me this and that. So being able to make that investment in yourself it almost creates that uh, not, not necessarily a brand awareness like for Testo, for example, but for you as a tech or for your for the technicians that are out there. Um, I, I feel that, you know. It, I guess the best analogy I can do is, uh, I mean, I'm into, um, I'm into dirt biking and, you know, there's lots of different gears that are, you know, very expensive and very cheap. You almost want to think of, okay, how much is it going to cost me if I do, if I don't have this piece of gear, you know, what is that going to cost me? Well, a trip to the hospital and a very expensive bill. So why not pay for the higher quality, higher, you know, protective stuff? to be able to justify and be able to, you know, prevent a serious injury happening for you spending more. So making that initial investment up front, you know, can pay those dividends down the road is kind of how I feel. So with the proper tools, um, with, you know, having, you know, great high quality, dependable, long lasting tools, I think is very valuable to any technician. Um, what, and again, whatever brand you may go with, making sure making that investment into your actual tools is extremely important, I think, to being a successful technician and also being able to, you know, have a good persona when you go and meet your customers as well, too. Yeah. And a cu couple things I'm going to add to that is, is you brought up branding and, and not testo branding, right? The, right. like, like you said, the branding of of the individual now i've i had an argument with with an older gentleman uh, a couple <laughs> years ago on online about how everybody is basically a brand these days right Correct. and 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 not just these days but for forever like you are your own brand so you have to re represent yourself like you're your own brand uh the tools you use the, the knowledge you have, the education that you that you can relay to your customers right. and the, the, the how clean you keep your truck, all, all of these things is part of your brand, right? Correct. I, I mean, you can be branded as a smart technician that's on point on their game 
or you could be branded as a lazy technician that the shirt's always like half untucked and your boots are always falling off your feet. Like, I I mean, these are brands, whether people are like it or not, you are a brand and you have to represent yourself and the brand that you want to, um, uh, I guess you want to personify onto your customers. Now, the, the thing about the digital stuff is now we we've talked about this a million times. You have data captured on a phone, on a screen. And when you're, when you're looking at a unit, you can take a screenshot of that. And now you can walk into a customer and go, listen, here is, here is, here's a screenshot of the readings we took. Your superheat is off. Your subcooling is off. These temperatures I don't like. And, and this is why if you go into a customer, come on cut if you're if you're using an analog set and a separate digital um thermometer and you're taking snapshots of everything and then you try to explain to a customer what the needle on the gauge means it might be harder to do so i've experienced this myself right Mm -hmm. because i'm all about customer education that that is how i like to run my brand i'm about customer education here comes gary he's going to educate me today on not just what's wrong with my unit but how it operates from from bottom to top. And I know I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. That's just what I like to do because I enjoy teaching people things. Right. When you, when you see a light bulb go off on someone's head and you taught them that it's actually very fulfilling to to the person. Right. Right. Um, so I find that the better tools I have to teach, the better off I'm going to be. And that's going to propel my brand forward. Right. So, so branding personally is, is one thing. And also using that information you get on a screen and showing the customer all detailed out and you can, you can send them an email with it. Hey, can I have an email of that? Sure. Now we, we can, we can also create these, um, like on the app, we can go and create, uh, like a, a graph and, and, and kind of monitor it through time and go, Hey, there's a dip there. There's a peak there. Yeah. This is what's going on with your system. And we have more information to show the customer, which can create more sales. And when I say sales, I don't mean that in a shady way, but right. I mean it in, in a way of creating solutions for your customer, which is legit, which you can charge for and right. make a profit on. Right. And these, these are just thoughts I've had over the, the, the course of many years using digital stuff. And the other thing that I want to touch on too, and, and, and I'll get your thought on this is the introduction of probes. I mean, it's, it's almost a game changer because you can carry them around literally in your tool bag. Yeah. Right. Um, you're not losing a ton of refrigerant when you put them on, like in a hose, you have to fill that hose up with refrigerant and you can even go a step further and put like the, um, the anti blowback fittings on your, your probes. Like I know a lot of people have, right. right? And, and, and then you're losing less refrigerant, especially working on smaller systems. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen like a, a, a guy working on like a, a refrigeration system. It's like a, a half ton refrigeration system right. that might contain a pound and a half of refrigerant and they're putting their gauges on and, and they're filling up with <laughs> refrigerant. The, the, the hoses are filling up with refrigerant and like you're actually removing refrigerant out of that criti- critically charged piece of machinery. Right. So I want to get your take on probes, how they've changed the game uh, over the last three or four years as opposed to a manifold. Oh, absolutely. And and I also want to kind of dovetail back into what you were talking about, about that branding and, and showing the customer. Sure. Because yep. probes, yep. I think, are like, 
I think they're great. And I, you know, probes are very new. Um, you know, there are a lot of probes out there. Um, but the biggest example is like, I'm just thinking of a, of a clean and service. We all know clean and service, you know, they're kind of a fixed fee. You kind of go at it, clean those coils, clean the filter. But the biggest thing you're going to do is you're going to set your gauges on and you're going to monitor the system, see where it's at. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing with, and then with probes, you can do that beginning and end and show your customer, hey, look, here's where your system was. Your coils are really dirty. Your head pressure was so high because of, you know, you didn't have enough flow going here. You know, here's when I cleaned your probes. So this is what I mean. You know, you can justify with whether you're using probes or a manifold, plus you're not losing the refrigerant either. Yeah. You can then justify that with these tools. And to your point, they're small. I mean, our ultimate kit is probably this this big and you've got every probe you need to do your job. Um, you know, with, with probes, like I said, and it gives you that documentation, they're small, they're lightweight. They, they eliminate loss on refrigerant because we don't want to lose refrigerant. We know there's EPA rules that you can't let refrigerant in the air, the whole, the whole blowback. So, I mean, they are a good investment to make, especially when you are a, say a service technician, maybe not an installer, but a service technician, that's go, go, go. I only have 30 minutes to an hour to spend because I've got six other calls this day. I've got to be quick. I'm not going to take out, put my, you know, my manifold here on my shoulder. I've got my tool bag. I got this and that. It's like, I got my, my probes and I got my tools. I've got everything I need to go. Mm -hmm. So probes have definitely have changed the game when it comes to efficiency. And especially given that, that cool factor as well too, of like, Hey, I've got these really small things that work. And the, coolest thing of probes i think is the ability that they can communicate together and give you way more data than we've seen with analog or how we used how you know i learned was oh beer can cold should be good you know because no one you know, we can't really go down that route anymore so it's like having that actual data there is actually i think something that has revolutionized in you know the industry of hvac and refrigeration yeah no, yeah, you could be beer can cold and slugging the compressor full of liquid. That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and and if you don't know what you're checking and you don't actually understand uh, everything, and, and that's the other thing too, is some of the, the, the older generation, they think these tools are somehow diagnosing the machine for you, but they're not. They're just giving you the numbers. You have to interpret the numbers, but the numbers are, giving to, are, are being given to you in a more efficient way, right. in, in a quicker way. In, in, in a way that can be recorded and documented. So I, I think maybe we, we've probably beat a dead horse here on, on the fact that digital tools can be more efficient depending on the user. And I think the younger generation is coming in and seeing that for themselves. And the older generation have switched. Some of them have switched. Some of them have seen that um, created efficiency from these tools. Yeah. So, but what I'd like to talk about with you, and off the top, I told the audience, we'd talk about this, the, the 560i digital scale with the, the smart charging valve. What, what is the, the, the proper name for the valve? So it's the 560i digital refrigerant scale with intelligent valve. Intelligent valve. Okay. All right. Perfect. Intelligent, so, yeah. intelligent so valve I, with Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have used this uh, on, um, on a few occasions now, and I have charged by weight and I have charged by subcooling or sorry by um by superheat or I, I can't remember it was superheat or subcooling was the first time i did it but i've, I've charged by one of those and i've charged by weight 
Now, it's it's very interesting, and and I'd like to know the amount of work that that, that went in because something that we what I like to do on this podcast is educate some the the people of of some of the behind the scenes work that goes into this because people go out and they buy a product and they're like cool like it's, but they don't understand the amount of work and the amount of money and the effort and the and the R&D and all of that that goes into behind the scenes before the product even gets launched like how before we start talking about the scale and its operation how long was this in the works like how much work and and how much R&D and stuff was put into this before it launched there, there was a substantial amount. I, I think it was, I, I mean, I've been with Testo for, uh, I just passed two years in September. Um, and it was a discussion that was happening before I even got there. So I came mm-hmm. in right when the manifolds were launching. Um, I, you know, took over for the product manager who now is in Germany, um, who did a fantastic job with the manifolds. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of success with those and it's, it's just been awesome for what we've seen especially you know being being in the trenches fighting you know to try to get that you know market share is great um so the scale i think it's been almost about a two year one and a half two year kind of uh discussion that's gone on and it was a very close collaboration with hq in germany um i worked with the, the product managers over there very closely uh we and especially being something that you know, that no one has done yet. No one has done a scale, which you've seen a lot of scales, automatic weight and manual weight. We've seen those, but trying to incorporate, you know, your temperatures, your pressures, and also the humidity factor as well too, trying to bring those different aspects of what are the most important things that a technician needs to look at when they're diagnosing a system is obviously Mm -hmm. pressure, temperature, and humidity. Yeah. We, we did a lot of work trying to find, you know, what, what's going to make this, what's this going to, how's this going to work? Um, we've had, we had outside support. We've also, um, we also had a local school, um, that had their own lab where we did a lot of testing. I mean, I was probably there once or twice a week and, um, you know, we're, we're building a lab that we can test things as well too. And it was a lot of, I would say a lot of trial and error. Um, we've done a lot of work just to try to figure out, Hey, what are the limits? You know, what if then what happens? Um, so it was, I would say it was a lot of work, a lot of energy and a lot of effort. Um, and I commend, you know, the developers over at HQ, uh, the people that built the very high quality product that did the research to find the components, especially in the middle of a supply chain crisis too. Like we were, we were up against that and being able to, you know, do the proper codings and things like that. There was a lot of discussions, a lot of teams meetings we had where my computer or my phone is on the system. We're watching it. We're watching my phone, how it's reacting with the smart app and watching the manifold just to make sure we could diagnose this. So um, basically we, we pushed the envelope. We, we wanted to push, you know, try to be that cutting edge of doing something new that no one else has done. And um, again, lots of, it, it was it was a lot of work, <laughs> and let's just say I finally got yeah. a chance to sleep after it was it was released. But of course, you know the, the sleep was very short, and I was on to the next thing already. So yeah, okay. So with with the the five sixty i and intelligent valve, we can charge by superheat, we can charge by subcooling, we can charge by weight, and we can charge by target superheat. Correct. Okay, so. Do you want to explain the difference between superheat and target superheat? 
you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So with uh, Target Superheat, I know the, the, the newest thing is that you're actually introducing humidity. So you have a wet bulb and a dry bulb, which you're going to generally do your, your dry bulb and the outdoor, your outdoor dry bulb and your indoor wet for your return, mm -hmm. which is where you have thermohygrometers or hygrometers, you know, whatever you may call them. That is what you're going to have introduced in there. So if we look at a PT chart. We see that we have, you know, we have the temperature and we've got the pressures and we also have the humidity readings as well, too. So when you go into doing target superheat, you're going to get a value to where it is based on that PT chart. And generally that number is between five, seven to 10, all depending on what your outdoor ambient is and what your indoor is. The, the best rule of thumb is the 20 degree rule, which we do know about the 20 degree rule. So as long as that you are within that zone and you're right at that cusp where it's at that five to seven to 10, 11 area, that's ideally going to give your target super. And that's going to give you the peak performance and the peak efficiency of that system. Now, the biggest thing is, is when it comes to, and again, this is where I, I might have a little different understanding is a TXV valve to a non TXV valve or a fixed orifice. Generally, you're looking at a fixed orifice. You're going to generally go with a, a superheat calculation as mm -hmm. opposed to a subcooling because it's open or closed with the TXV you're you've got that variability and then your subcooling can adjust so on and so forth. So <laughs> we generally look at it, you know, from, from those applications on a target superheat, um, you're getting, you're taking in the actual environmental conditions as opposed to what the factory states of, okay, this is where it needs to be. Let's take in, you know, for example, you're, you're up North compared to me compared to someone down in the South where the humidity is high, the temperature is a lot warmer than it is here, where actually today the humidity is low here. So the system is going to operate very differently. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think the target superheat value is an important value to check because it's actually per where your system is and it's how your system is going to react to whether it's the atmospheric pressure, the temperatures, um, the humidity in the air, your system is going to react differently because of that cooling and heating exchange that's going on in that outdoor. Yeah. Okay, so it. I'm still trying to recall if if I if I charge by it definitely wasn't target superheat, but I can yeah. I can see how that that can be that can be a benefit to especially if you're using a fixed orifice, right? Um, yeah. Like in in refrigeration, sometimes you set these things to like 12 degrees superheat. Like I've seen evaporators, like a ton of evaporators set up and installed by others where they've written 12 degrees superheat inside the thing. And it's running beautifully. So right. it, 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 in, in, in that case, you'd probably use superheat to charge it rather than target superheat because you know what your superheat right. is. You would just implement, you just input 12 degrees and wait till the, 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 the intelligent valve charges enough to get to 12 degrees, Correct. right? If, if you're charging it that way, right? You can charge it by subcooling as well. You can get your subcooling that you want and hopefully your valve is set right and your superheat will just follow. Um, so, but when I charge by weight, this is this was um this was a cool thing because i said i set it up this is the first time i charged by weight right and what i did was this was cooler weather it was probably cuz this system this system had to be charged up so i actually made a boo boo let let me go back and explain what happened right. okay i i made a boo boo i've done this 3 times in my career and i think telling people that uh, that you make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes. You just got it. It's all about how you rectify your mistakes and move right. forward is, is the main part. Now 
I was installing, um, uh, I've, I've been getting more into UV and in the introduction of UV lights and, and, and learning about them more. And, 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 and I'm, and I'm running this sort of quasi campaign thingy where I'm doing these Apco X's, right? Apco right. X UV, UV bulb. Right. And I miscalculated where I was going to drill my hole and I hit the very top of the, um, of the, uh, the, the last end bend of the evaporator coil. Ooh. Right. And, yeah. and I lost, I lost the entire charge of the system, but that's okay. Cause people make mistakes. I've done this yeah. three times in my career, three times. First two times I was like in the first two years of my apprenticeship after, um, cleaning coils, we, right. and, and we have to split the coils apart and then put them back together. You'd put the screws back in. If you, oh. if you weren't looking and you misaligned it, you'd, you'd hit something and psh, <laughs> Right. So <laughs> yep. this, luckily this was a friend's house of mine. And I said, listen, this is what happened. I said, but I'm coming back tomorrow and I'm going to, luckily it wasn't, um, it wasn't right. warm outside. It was like yeah. 55 degrees, something like that. 50 degrees. <laughs> right. So I went back and fixed it after the weekend. And this haunted me all weekend. Cause this is stuff that I, I hate, I hate causing grief to my customers and then it causes grief on me. So it ate away at me all weekend till it was fixed. Anyway, so I went back and fixed it and I read the, the, the way in charge on the condensing unit and the mm -hmm. line set was short, right? So it didn't seem like any additional refrigerant had to be added. So I think it was like five and a half pounds. It was a pretty big condensing wow. unit, right? Wow. So it was like five and a half pounds of refrigerant. So, and it was cool outside. So I turned the fan on. So I, I turned the condenser fan on. Just the right. condenser fan, disconnected the compressor. And what I did is I set up the scale. I entered the weight, right, of, of the charge on the nameplate. Right. And then I, after, after all the information was set, I hit start or I think it says, does it say start on the bottom? Yeah. I can't recall. Yeah, it says yeah. start. So, and then the, the, the valve opens, mm -hmm. right? It just goes yeah. click and it opens and it starts filling refrigerant. I'm like, this is like super easy so with the fan on i walked away i did a couple things i i wanted to walk away purposely to see what would happen right right and i come back every so often okay it's at there it's at there and because the bottle was cold the refrigerant bottle was cold right. and refrigerant likes to hang out in cold places and there wasn't much of a pressure differential between um my the, the temperature of my tank and the outside ambient and that's right. why I turned the fan on because as the fan's moving across that coil, it's, it's actually removing some heat from it. So it right. removes some heat from the, 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 the condensing unit. It kind of creates a bit of a better pressure differential between the tank and the condensing unit. Right. So I walked away a couple times and it was a slow charge and I came back and the charge had stopped and it stopped at like, like basically like a 0.1 over what I entered into the thing and it stopped right. charging it said charge yeah. complete or whatever it said i don't recall the actual terminology but i'm like man this is awesome especially for larger systems if you're doing this on larger systems and you need to walk away and charge by weight and you have other things to do instead of just standing there waiting 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 and you know what i mean you, you can right. you can perform this task and and walk away and i found that was the, the biggest benefit from it so oh absolutely what, what have you heard back from the people that have used the, the scale as to the benefits they're receiving or any feedback at all? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been receiving some feedback. It's all, uh, a lot of it's been positive. We've also had a lot of, you know, 
different little improvements as well too, of things that we need to consider for like the next iteration as well too. And I, I think since it's been launched, it's, it's been very positive. Um, you know, I've, I have read comments, I have seen things, you know, we have reached out to different, you know, technicians that have said like, Oh, you know, th this, I don't like using this, blah, 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 or I don't think this is going to work. But it's like, you know, when you actually talk to them, it's like, you get some ideas. There's a lot of things that we may have forgotten as well, too, that we definitely want to implement and make this better. Because with Testo, you know, we, we definitely love to listen to our, our following. We love to listen to the technicians, even if they're not Testo users. We love to, like, hear and try to design things for technicians. So uh, with the scale, I mean, it's been very positive. Um, the one thing that we have gotten is, is the pulsing feature. Uh, with If you are dropping in, say, say we got a big system of eight pounds I'm putting in and that compressor is running, we don't want to flood the compressor with eight pounds right off the bat. You yep. put the pulse feature on, it's going to give you a pulse, put a little more in, put a little more in, kind of give that system the time to go. And we know that could maybe take, you know, give or take 10, 15 minutes. And that's 10, 15 minutes. You could be either cleaning up or diagnosing something else or going to talk to the customer and saying, Hey, you know, you're gonna start feeling a little difference here in your house. It's going to get a little cooler. You're low on charge. I had to put, you know, this much in. You know, all those different factors that is going to give you that additional time to be more efficient on the job is the is pretty much the purpose of that scale. And mm -hmm. like you said, you set it, you forget it, and you come back and it's like, okay, well, hey, everything's there. Charging with subcool. That's going to take a lot longer to charge on subcool because it's also going to take into account the pressures and the temperatures and the ramp up time it takes to get to a subcool to allow the refrigerant to cycle through compared to your, your superheat, which is sometimes a little bit more of an instant value. Again, it's going to depend on the system, but subcooling does take a little bit of time. And obviously we don't want to overshoot either as well too, which we've implemented safety features to protect that, protect those systems as well. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing that I, I actually, I always promote reading the manual, but if, if I have a help button that can tell me that the, the, the answer in 30 seconds rather than reading the manual for 10 minutes i will reach out to that that help button and i remember the first time i used it i'm like wait a minute how in the world am i supposed to purge my hoses with with this smart intelligent valve and i and i i called you and i luckily i you answered the phone yep. and uh you're like yeah just hit the button three times boom 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 on the thing and it gives like a one second it opens the valve for like one second and it gives you kind of your your purge out of of the air so yeah. that that's the other thing that people should know is there is a way to purge the air out of the hose if you need to by manually hitting the button on the valve three times it's three times right three Correct? times yeah okay you, you hit it three times it's going to open for one second then it's going to close cool all right yeah so so and and i i remember the the pulsing feature as you're you're explaining it when i was doing either superheat or subcooling still can't remember but i can't remember what i ate for dinner last night so that doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all um but i do remember it was like pulse waits it sees the readings pulse waits sees the readings pulse and and that that's a good feature because you don't want to put too much especially with the the 400 series refrigerants as you're yeah. charging as a liquid you don't want to put too much liquid into that into that system at once right you want it to get in and flash off so you're not filling that compressor up with liquid because I, I mean, scrolls can take it. I've seen a scroll filled with liquid pretty much 
and eventually it gets rid of it like the whole body of the scroll is sweating and eventually that the sweat the sweat level just drops off drops off drops off as that liquid refrigerant boils out of that compressor but it's not really a great way to charge a system so that that pulsing feature is is nice for sure yeah Oh, absolutely. And especially when it even comes to the, the out, you know, the, the way that the superheat and the subcooling works is it is looking at those pressures and temperatures, because again, like I've said before, is like, that's kind of the main aspects when it comes to refrigeration and HVAC is pressures and temperature. So mm-hmm. being able to take that into consideration and seeing the temperature swings and the differences that are going on there, you know, that's what makes this system truly intelligent and allows, you know, allows the technician to, Hey, Here's what it needs to be. Here's going to set, you know, going to do a little bit. You got to do a little bit of thinking just, you know, like we said in the very beginning, it's not that it's going to do it for you. It's, it's going to help you do your job so that, you know, you can also then help it as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the biggest thing with, you know, having these different ways and, and with the development, like it, it took a lot of time just to, what is the proper time? How long do we go for it? Like, you know, what, what do we do? And, and again, it's just, well, we got to make this intelligent enough that we give the system time. It could take 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes to get to a value because the system isn't accepting it as quick as it should. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest things that, you know, we had to kind of look at the whole, the whole gamut of information. Yeah. And then one thing I think we should probably let everybody know is you have to if you have an existing s series manifold you will have to perform an update on it yes and and an update on the it's it's through you want to take us through how to do that um, yeah. update your manifold update the app so you have the new measurement mode of well it's not really a measurement mode but you have the the, the new mode of um auto charging yes correct so the the latest version um i have to try to remember here i believe it's a 2.3 is the latest version um but yes and that was the one cool innovation with the s with the 550s and the 557s manifolds is the ability to actually update your firmware via via over the air or via the testo smart app so once you have your manifold once you have it set up, once it's going, you connect your, your cell phone, you download the Tester Smart app, you turn the Smart app on, you turn your manifold on, and then once it makes the connection, if it's not updated and you allow it to update automatically, which there is a feature that you can allow it to do it whenever, um, it will do it automatically. It takes roughly you know, 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes, just depending on you know the, the size of the update. But... Also with those updates, not only just getting the new mode, you're also getting bug fixes and also in process improvements as well on the manifold. And, and new refrigerants, if there's any new refrigerants, right? That's correct, new refrigerants. Yeah. So we're always looking at new refrigerants. We're always adding to the profiles. It's always going into the app. So you'll sometimes see when you're updating your manifold, you're gonna see refrigerant update on this date of when was the last time we did refrigerants, that's gonna happen as well too. So I do get emails about different refrigerants that are coming to market and you know i let hq know and they start looking into it doing the research and making sure that they get into the app asap um but yeah the the update is very simple all you need to do is just download the app connect your manifold um always allow the updates to happen and then when they do happen give yourself 15 20 30 minutes if you're in between jobs and you got some time you got to do an update it's a good time to do the update and then that will give you everything else from your your new mode as well too for sure and and i was working with a tech 
and this is probably should be said because there's probably even if there's one person still using the old app i was working with a tech in the summer and they're using the old app they weren't using the new testo smart app they're using the old smart probes app right so you guys need to know that there's it's been out for like what three years now and and he was still using the old (laughs) yeah the old old version you got to upgrade to the testo smart (laughs) app and it's a lot more intuitive a lot cleaner uh fits more on the screen and stuff like that so right and that is and yes and and that is something we are working on it so if you do have the testo smart probes app um you know i highly recommend downloading the new one the smart probes is eventually going to go away. We're taking all those programs that were there. We're implementing them into the smart app, uh, the newest app, because our goal is to have one app that does it all. We want to, yeah. we want to be that central, um, not central repository, that cent- central data control center where everything can communicate to one point and you get all your measurements to help you as the technician, make those decisions on how to diagnose the system and how to take care of the customer. Perfect. All right, man. Well, I think we've we've packed in quite a bit of information yeah. here in, in, in this in this 45, 50 minute conversation. So, Aaron, uh, it's been great talking to you. Uh, it's been great talking about the, the digital world and, and how yeah. it can be efficient. Just remember to, to remember to use know how to use both. And um, it's, it's just it's just I think the scale is a game changer for many different ways. And one of them is like being able to walk away while you're charging by weight or, or even charging by the other methods that I haven't fully, fully delved into yet. But just the fact that you can like, okay, the system takes 50 pounds, set 50 pounds, right? You got a big hundred pound tank or something like that, or refrigerant, or even if it's five pounds, uh, just set it, set it up. And once you start, once you trust it, once you know that actually does what it's advertised to do, that's when you can walk away and get other things done. Correct. Or, or you can st- stand by the unit and, and do other things, wire stuff in and not have to worry about closing the valve and checking and you know what I mean? It's, it's just automatic. And, and yeah. that's one of the things people say about, about your life. If you can automate your life in, in certain ways and, and alleviate some stresses, uh, do it because it actually really does alleviate like auto bill paying instead of a bill coming in into my house and opening it, looking at it, just Hey, can you set, set me up on auto pay and I'll just right. look at my statements online. It's so much easier. It's just one less thing to, to remember to do. So anyway, anyway, Aaron, I appreciate it. If you have anything else to throw in, man, now's the time. Uh, I mean, Hey, thank you, Gary, for having me come on. Like I said, it's great to talk to your following. It's, it's great to even, you know, work with all the technicians out there. Like, uh, always feel free to call, call us at Testo, um, you know, visit us at Testo.com. Um, you know, if you have, ideas or anything that you see or any kind of improvements, you know, we're, we're, op- we're open to listening to those ideas. Cause I think it's, we, we want to listen to the text. We want to design what the texts want and we want to try to make sure that we give exactly what you guys need and how you can do your job efficiently and effectively. This podcast is sponsored by Cintas and they are there for the blue collar trade to provide blue collar uniforms, true blue collar stuff, comfortable stuff, workwear stuff that's going to last stretchy breathable all of that intertwined into one there's also rental programs and there's also laundry programs as well so if you're interested in looking for some uniform solutions for your team check out cintas.com forward slash hvac know-it-all hope you enjoyed the show follow hvac know-it-all on instagram facebook youtube tiktok twitter linkedin 
and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.